0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary now are my patron and my patron peeps, uh, Frere Jacques, your patron peeps, uh, hopefully soon, uh, I won't even have to ask Dorme Vu. It just will be happening. Uh, you know, but, but, uh, thanks for supporting it and making it possible. Ding, dang, dong this is all I got to say about that. Thanks patrons. Uh, if you ever need to know anything about uh, what's going on at the show, just check out our we- we- new website, sleepwithmepodcast.com, uh, it was for our sponsors, or uh, the shirts, or the Bernie, the uh, uh, butterfly tote bag. And tonight's episode of Sleep With Me is made possible by the hard work of uh, Chris Bosti, who hosts who edits episodes, does our theme music, Carl W., who edits episodes, Uh, Jonathan Mann is on our uh, lullabies. You can commission a song from him at song.johnathmann.net. You know, for family functions, for moments in your life, uh, for celebrating and giving gifts, uh, commission a song from the Mystery Bard. I want to thank Eric and the team at Astound, who are on our website. I want to thank everybody at Night Vale Presents and PRX, uh, which are both a major part of the show. Uh, and you could check everything out at, uh, Night Vale presents, uh, uh, I want to thank, uh, Kenny, Scotty, and Jennifer on honor, 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 honor our, on our, on our, our, I'm at Dear Scooter. You know, you can listen in your smart speaker. You just say smart speaker, call word, uh, play sleep with me podcast. And uh, Jen, then just set a sleep timer for 60 minutes. It's that simple or let it play all night. Uh, Koa does that when I'm at the grocery store and stuff. So uh, that's it. Uh, I want to thank our listeners who run their own Facebook group. And the moderators do that job in their uh, spare time. So I want to thank them. Uh, Julie and Jennifer, Laura and Keith, Stacy and Sarah. And uh, that's it. What do you say? We keep the show going. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, well, welcome, this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep, we do it's a bedtime story, all you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play, I'm gonna do the rest, what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, uh, Whether it's thoughts, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, changes in time or temperature or routine, whatever's keeping you awake. It could be any variety of things. Uh, And it is important uh, what's keeping you awake. Uh, What I'm here to do is try to help uh, uh, create a safe place where you could rest. Uh, You can lay down, if you're carrying any burdens... uh, physical or metaphorical, you could try to lie them down here. They have plenty of, you know, look at, there's some storage over here, individual personalized storage, plenty of space. Even has those little uh, plastic things on the inside. They say, hey, that makes it even smell better in there. So I'm here for a place for you to lie that, lay those down, or, you know, you can lie down, too, after you put down your burdens. It's, you could lie down with your back Like, a lot of places people would say, You're going to lie down with your backpack on? A lot of places that I go and lie down, that's not the first thing. That's like the 30th thing they ask uh, of why I'm lying down there. I said, well, I'm testing stuff out for the podcast. Uh, No one's ever lied down in a 99 cent store before. And I said, well, don't worry. I already figured out it's probably not the best place to lie down. I didn't need you to. uh, I was just uh, seeing the sound my elbow makes on this floor. It's interesting. But anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, but in that case, they also said, "What we? What do you?" after they, I managed to explain it to them, it turns out the manager actually was a podcast listener. Even a podcast listener said, why are you going to lie down on the floor? <laughs> well, again, they said, why are you lying down on the floor? And then they said, why are you lying down with a backpack on? And I said, I don't know. I just prefer, to, at this moment, I prefer to lie down with my backpack on. And then somebody said, what do you bring? Why are you wearing a backpack in 99 cents store? And I said, well, I don't, I prefer, I prefer to always have a bag. I said, I got stuff, uh, on my back. It's a pack for stuff that's, you know, okay, let me get back to this, but, but, uh, you could, I guess this place is so safe. If you want to keep your backpack on, go right ahead. You want a backpack? We got them. You say, you know what? I didn't think of it. I had some stuff in my pockets. You could put it in the backpack, you could put the backpack on, or you could put it in some of our storage here. Welcome to the virtual version of Sleep With Me, a safe place. Uh, what else does it come with? Well, here's here's other things. I'm going to try to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, uh, tangents, uh, rustified tangents, a lot of other things. I'm going to go off topic, as I just did, so if you're new, let me uh, get you st- settled here. Here's what to expect. First few minutes, start off with business. That's how we keep the show going. Uh, then we have an intro. The intro is around 12 minutes of senseless ban. I don't know if it's banter, but it's a senseless babbling. It's been described as, uh, I would say, well, come on, give me, give me a little something. I don't know if I'm babbling. And ra- I'd say, I'll, I'll take rambling. I'll say, ta- okay, senseless rambling. I could take that. uh And really what it does is uh, it gives you a chance to get ready for bed, uh, to start to wind down. For new listeners, it lets them see the nonsense. It get right to the nonsense. Uh, uh, Some people listen as they're brushing their teeth. Some people fall asleep during the intro. Some people listen to it when they're in traffic. Uh, Whatever it is, I'm here to help. And and, uh, I guess, uh, oh, the intro. So the intro is the beginning of the show. Then tonight we'll be talking about uh, Star Trek, the next generation, and it'll be really, uh, you might not know. You say, what are you talking That was Star Trek, the next generation you talked about. And yeah, we'll talk about some facts that came up. We'll talk about filaments, quantum filaments. Uh, so we'll be covering that, those things also, uh, coming up here. Uh, so that's just, oh, then there's some thank yous at the end. In between the intro and the uh, story is some business. So that's to show structurally what to expect. Here's the other things. You don't really need to listen to me. Uh, you can kind of listen. You can barely. You know. You could turn me into a mumble, or you could listen close. If you need company, like you're having a real tough time, I'll be here talking about Star Trek: Next Generation till the end, and uh, you know, Modern Major General. I don't know if you're a fan of uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. Uh, I don't think I'll do, you know, but uh, well, you know, we'll be talking about that later. So I'll be here to keep you company, uh, So, but you don't need to listen. And also, there's no pressure to fall asleep. I'm here to keep you company till the end. So fall asleep when you wish. Uh, the whole idea of the show is I take your mind off whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, and I guess like the perfect backpack, like what if there was, well, like, I don't know if this would be the perfect backpack. I was just thinking... I was trying to make a metaphor for the podcast. That's what I do with these intros. And I was thinking, like, the perfect backpack would be one you don't know you have it on, even when there's stuff in it. And it doesn't make your back sweat. I mean, that's one for me. I mean, I guess I don't mind sweating. I'm not that. But I say, if we could get less back sweat, that would be terrific. Uh, Especially when I'm trying to catch a bus. But uh, I guess I would say part of me wants to say, yeah, the perfect backpack would be one you wouldn't know you had on. But then, of course, that would cause all sorts of issues because uh, you say, it, well, first I'd be like, oh, my gosh, there's all my stuff in here because I didn't know. I can't sense its mass or whatever weight. And I'd say, oh, no, don't worry, it is. It's just in the featherlight container that makes the things within it featherlight. And I'd say, wait, hold on. You, this is the invention part of my brain. I say, hold on. You invented a technology, a container that is featherlight, and makes what is within it featherlight, and you use that technology on a backpack. Oh yeah, it's going to be the next biggest thing in backpacks. Uh, Can't wait. It's been my dream, my whole lifetime of uh, trial and error, mostly you know trials and errors. And uh, tears. Uh, but yeah, it's finally, my dream is, you know, I finally found the you know, right level of quantum mechanics. And I hired, you know, I even hired a couple of them. Uh, and we finally, we did some tinkering. You know, we did, you know, we we, we did—we got into one of the big particle accelerators. We'd, we've done it all. And we cracked the code uh, for the Featherlight backpack. And they said, wait a second, no, no, I guess you weren't listening to me. Like so, you're all are you are you licensing this technology to anything else? No, no, no. This is my dream. This is like I, I just want to use it for the perfect. This is the perfect backpack. Okay, well, I, I'm gonna like I, I'm trying to validate your dream without saying because uh, just earlier, I, no, I didn't know you'd be here. Is the inventor of this technology, but I was kind of invalidating it because I was saying. What if you sit down? You don't know if you have a backpack on. What if you lie down in a ninety-nine cent store to take a nap? Uh, as an experiment, by the way, and uh, you don't know you have it on. And then people say, "What do you got a backpack on for?" Uh, well, you wouldn't care because it's featherlight. Okay, but yeah. So I know this is your life's work having a featherlight backpack. Uh, maybe well, here's an here's an idea. Let me say. Let me try to say to encourage you and encourage you to the yes next level. What if we license this technology out? And you could just give me a small commission uh, to do so, because I'm sure uh, even a tiny percentage of this is going to be. So you have a container, and when you put stuff in it, it's featherlight. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, so because we could, I think we could probably, there's plenty of other applications we could use it in. But, but no, no, I just want to use it in the backpack. Yeah. Uh, it's actually within the backpack, and it, well, then but uh, then we could make the backpacks for free, or at a super. You could sell them as a loss leader. Well, no, I want to make money for my backpack. Okay, great. Uh, I'll tell you what. Why don't you come in here for a feather, you know, a hug that's as uh, uh, comforting as a feather. Yeah, come on in, Inventor Brain. I'm sorry, I think I would love a featherlight backpack that makes everything everything in there feather light. So let's say Yeah, everything in there'd be featherlight. Here's the thing. Could I put my heavy thoughts in there? Uh in your frown from me uh, over explaining your idea your great idea of a featherlight backpack. Well, I don't know, I never tried to put heavy thoughts in the back in a backpack before ever. Well before this we would have had no reason to. Maybe that could be part of our marketing how much is my partnership in this since you're part of my imagination? Uh, no, it's not a, we, we, uh, we, uh, sorry. Okay. But anyway, I just want to still encourage you. So if we, uh, so I can put my heavy thoughts inside this backpack and they will be feather light. Not only will it be feather light, they'll be secured to your back, uh, for you to carry them around. Uh, and they'll be out of my brain too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I think this is almost a metaphor for the podcast. Not a clear one. Uh, but you, I think you, you could even move on. Oh Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the idea of the podcast is uh, to give you a distraction, uh, to take whatever, whatever, keeping you off, uh, keeping... I still don't understand how the tech... Is this based on Earth-based technology or something from outer... Fallen from outer space? Oh, it's a imaginary. It's a new imaginary technology. Oh, okay we even our imaginary technology we have interesting use we couldn't have gone broad with this i mean do you think of all the problems we could solve right like backpack related issues are going to be fixed forever okay i'll get back to you let me get back to the audience so yeah so the whole idea hey everybody sorry I'm back at a little bizcon there is that what they're called it was that was an internal conference call Ooh, yeah, yeah. No wonder I toss and turn at night. But so the whole idea of the podcast is very similar—to give you, uh, to to give a little lightness to your thoughts, to give a little lightness to bedtime, to be a little silly and to keep you company. Because I really des- believe you deserve a good night's sleep, and I like to help. Now, it doesn't work for everybody. This podcast is a little bit different. <laughs> Just it seems a bit different. Uh, but it's well-intentioned. I've been there suffering in, in the deep, dark night, tossing and turning. Uh, and I just wanted something to keep me coming and to take my mind off of stuff. So I made this show in the hopes it would help you. So give it a few tries. And most of the listeners say it took two or three tries. And then they were like, oh, okay, I get it now. But, you know, I'm here to help. I, I strive and I yearn uh, because I really want to help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show uh, going. All right, everybody, it's uh, Scooter here, and uh, we're uh, back with another episode of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. It's been a little while, and we're talking season five, episode five, uh, Troy's in charge. Uh, it does have it's, it's known by other titles, but uh, uh, Lieutenant Commander Troy is what I prefer. And let's see, it starts off Mudo 5 or Mudo asked question mark in my notes which uh Mudo five. I don't know if that's related to Mordor, I don't think so. Uh I wonder if they knew like if they made jokes about that. They didn't in the script, uh, but that's what the, the Picard says Captain Log, uh, start a forty four five one dot one the 451 is the start of somebody's number they used to call in high school. And is there going to be enjoy a welcome respite from their duties? Beautiful word, respite. Then we see, uh, I think we're in 10 forward Keiko and O'Brien and Will, oh, William, I <laughs> put William, it's Riker. Cause he says they're talking baby names and Riker says, well, I think William's a great name. And Keiko and O'Brien are going back before it's been with Hero. uh, Keiko's, uh, uh, let's see, I can't see. Keiko's father, and then O'Brien's father, Michael. Michael Hero, it should have been easy. If I was there, I said Michael Hero or Hero Michael. Hero Michael's better. uh, Because, I mean, William's. uh, yeah, I think just, just I prefer those l- l- less, like a hero, you don't, you like, uh, I don't know. I just prefer it. What do I got? What do I got to do? Uh, then they're, you know, getting, feeling the baby kicking, even data. It did wonder like, uh, like, like, uh, yeah, like everybody says, okay, then there's a green drink in the bathroom, in the bathroom, the background. Uh, so. Uh, Wharf Oh, also, this was interesting. I don't have the timestamp, but maybe I could jump back to it here. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. It's at 47 seconds into the show. Warf is a hundred percent checked out of this conversation and it's actually great acting. He is checked out. He's just sitting there like, uh, maybe he's just in total chill mode. I, I, it doesn't look like he's checked out like, uh, passive aggressively, He's just checked out a conversation, like, looking around 10 forward. He kind of sees... He looks like he's... Actually, I'm really studying it now. It looks like uh, he's watching a fly fly around. uh, uh, So you do yourself a favor. Watch it for that. Also just watched a woman pound a light blue drink out of a highball glass uh, in the background. Checked out a convo. Then we have Jordy and Dr. Crusher. We see a lot of blue and yellow barrels. They're in some sort of... uh, you know, storage, singing uh, a whatever they call those things. And uh, Dr. Crusher's off on another uh, work in casting another play, a musical, uh, Pirates of Penzance, Pirates of Penzance uh, or however you say it. And she's trying to get Jordy to sing. Uh, I'm very, it was a very model of a model major general of information, vegetal, animal, and material. Vegetable, though. He says they can't do it. He's pretty good, though. Really, Uh he do He he has a very very nice red barrel. <sighs> That's what my handwriting says. But I did think he was on pitch. She says he's a little off pitch. But I mean, I I'm a big fan of uh, Jordy LaForge's voice, if you know what I mean. I mean, I was raised uh, by butterflies in the sky. Uh, but okay, so they have that scene. This is you know the usual set jumping around the ship. Uh, primary, uh, oh primary science school fair. Uh, kids are coming for their tour. Marissa J. Gordon, much like Hero William, uh, J. Gordon has two first names. So I don't know why they why they, we couldn't have done that. Oh, wait, it wasn't William, though, that I forgot. Sorry, O'Brien, I forgot what your father's name was. Uh, Or maybe it was William. It doesn't matter. Patterson is the other young man's name. So there's Marissa, Jay Gordon, and Patterson. And Patterson's a little uh, rambunctious. I don't think that's the right word, but... uh, and he wants to see like the the B A T T L E bridge, uh, and Picard goes, no, 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 we're going to go to the hydroponics and astroph- astrophysics labs. And Troy turns them over, and Picard says, okay. And then they get on the turbo lift. O'Brien's coming off, uh, and he says, oh boy, he goes, I don't know who has it worse, uh, Picard, C- Commander Picard, Captain Picard, or the kids. And then we have this great acting. Picard's uh, on the turbo She He goes, yeah, we're proud of your science fair winners. Uh, anybody pursuing a career in Starfleet? Uh, nothing. What'd you do for your science projects? And Patterson said in a hilarious vo- voice, I planted radishes in this special dirt, and they came up all weird. And Ricard says, it's very commendable. And then Jay Gordon uh, says, I did an analysis of the lifespan of swarming moths of Gonal 4. And they have a, I thought it says a 20-hour lifespan. And Picard says, uh, interesting. Then he goes to ask Marissa, I don't think we ever found out what Marissa's science fair experiment was. A spoiler. And then the ship has a little bumpy poo where it says, well, there's a little bit, we, we hit a bump in the road. And why does Calm Me? oh this is a question for IMDb. Colm me the r- r- actor who plays uh, O'Brien, his head shot on IMDb, which comes up if you pause stuff on Amazon. He's in a Panama hat. Uh, but the Enterprise has bumped into a quantum filament, which causes uh, me- m- m- large issues, shipwide issues. And O'Brien and Troy are on the bridge. No contact with anybody. Computers are down. Uh, Monroe uh, is out. Because yeah. uh, they think they bump into a second quantum filament. Uh, uh, turbo, riffs, uh, turbo, turbo lifts don't work. Uh, working. Oh, yes, yeah, so they say, hey, we're stuck up here. Uh, oh, I, I didn't look this up, but I said, well, I guess the bridge is at the top of the ship. Uh and then I was wondering, what's up and what's down? These will be things for a future episode. What, how does gravity on the Enterprise work? Uh, and then we're on the turbo lift with Picard and three very unhappy kids. Uh, no communicator doesn't work. And uh, Picard says, get me off this lift. Uh, Jay Gordon's very uh, non-optimistic output. And Picard says, it's just communications down. And he says he he starts to raise his voice, uh, telling them everything's going to be all right, but in a, a authoritative voice. I also put whiny and negative, but who could blame the kids? The card gives it to them straight. That's what my notes say. Everything will be all right in the hive, vo- in uh, like a uh, authoritative voice. Uh, Troy O'Brien and Troy, and uh, send out. Oh, they send out. To, say, hey, any other ships out there? We ran into a quantum filament. Uh, then they start to run the isolation protocol. Oh, because Rowe, Ensign uh, uh, Row, she comes off the turbo lift, uh, running scans, uh, but no mo- MOFO diagnostics. Oh, they can't even do full diagnostic. And they don't know if it's like malfunction of the sensors that they can't detect anybody or what and then they say do you sense anything command counselor and she goes "Yeah, I sense people uh not everybody's happy but i can't tell where they are and roe tries she starts to take command of the situation and she says well who's in command who's the duty officer and o'brien says monroe but she stepped out to go to the big farm in the space uh and he says, Counselor Troy is the senior officer on deck. Uh, and Roe does a quadruple take. Uh, she says, wait a second, Counselor Troy, I guess her, her viewpoint of uh, professions is skewed. Ian O'Brien says, yep, she's a r- lieutenant commander, is the rank. Uh, and Troy, similar to Picard, says, I'm open to suggestions, so let's figure this out. Anna O'Brien says, uh, well, let's do procedure alpha two, uh, put everything on manual override. She goes, okay. And then Roe says, let's uh, stabilize everything, get some communications going. And Troy says, great. And then she says, Mr. Mandel, uh, help uh, Ensign Roe. Let's see what else I have here. Alpha. Oh, that was the alpha protocol or whatever. Oh, dear. Oh, but after that, we get a oh, dear, close-up of Troy. Then we have a shot of Enterprise in Space Without Power. That'll look cool. Then we go to 10 Ford, A lot of tipped-over tables. And eleven eleven. worth checking out in the background, there's a strange dog-duck sculpture on one of the tables. Uh, like I don't know if somebody put it there, because like, oh, most of the tables on 10 Ford are flipped over. Except for this one, not only is it, I think it's like a booth table, so it may have been secured to the ground. But it has this bizarre, strange, uh, like, uh, it, I don't know, dog-duck sculpture thing. Uh, let's see, Wharf's running scans, Riker's helping Keiko. They say, we have no access to the bridge or to sickbay. Riker says, hey, let's assume the WRST. And then uh, him him, and Data say, okay, let's use the crawlway. We'll take command of the ship. Uh, that's what we need to do. Warf- 10 forwards, now the sickbay, you're in charge. Uh, then I don't know where this comes up. Oh, I think maybe this is back on the bridge. They say, clear the power shunt. Oh, no, this is with uh, Jordy and Crusher. And then they say, the shunt is cleared. And then uh, Jordy says, let's use the emergency hand actuator actuator then they're like the wall's hot here and then we see this green gas come out of the wall plasma polyduride quartum uh, basically not good for any moderate major generals uh, then we jump over the turbo lift uh one of the kids is rocking one kid negative uh uh, something, Marissa is quietly helping as Picard tries to figure stuff out. Uh, and Picard just like, has a little back and he's trying to stretch to reach the top of the elevator, but he can't quite reach it. And then Picard starts to show his adaptability. He says, okay, well, Marissa, I need a first officer. You're the oldest, uh, will you be my number one? And she goes, number one. He goes, that's what I call my first officer. So he says, You're number number one. Let's get a let's get a crew together. And he goes, Jay, what do you think about being science officer? He goes, It's Jay Gordon, dude. And Picard says, Forgive me, Jay Gordon. And Jay Gordon accepts, science officer. And then the radish kid, who Picard does almost nickname the Radish kid, he goes, hey, you're in charge of radishes. So he goes, First officer, science officer you're the executive officer in charge of radishes, uh, and the kid says, "Sounds great. I love, I love experimenting on radishes." Uh, and Rick says, "Okay, let's get to work." Jay Gordon was my favorite part. Uh, radish commander. I mean, come on, that couldn't be more podcasty. Then uh, I, this is a little joke, a little pun. They're in the space in space. Uh, Jordy, I mean, uh, Dayton Riker. 1365 Baker, we just said, is that Baker Street? Like, what's the address in Baker Street? Uh, Is that an inside joke? Uh, There's a coolant leak, something about 83 rads and uh, uh, something. uh, Oh, is this back? Maybe this is back with uh, Geordie. Oh, yeah, these are SAT questions. Let me see if I could read these. So you should watch this if you're studying the SAT. I'll give you an SAT question here. There's two in a row, too. Uh, Dr. Crusher says, we can uh, deal with this level of radiation for three or four hours uh, without, you know, we're, we're basically fine. And LaForge says, what are the rad levels in the Quartum or whatever? Now, here's the first thing. Dr. Crusher says 83 rads rising at a rate of four rads per minute. So put down your pencils. I'm just kidding. It still goes on. And then Jordy gives us the next piece of the question. The stuff gets unstable at 350 rads. So you have 83 rads raising at a rate of four rads a minute, and 350 rads is not good. But then, so that would be easier question to solve, but then Crusher adds the SAT level part. The radiation level, if we move it over here, is 20% lower than where it is now. So please just solve that for uh, how long they have to be messing around and do rehearsals. Uh, then we go back to the main bridge. So I don't know if you got that. Uh, also, Jordy says, you can't trust anti-grav and at least that's what my notes say. Uh, then we get a funny joke from O'Brien. They're talking about the quantum filament that they ran into. And Troy says, how big is a quantum filament? And O'Brien says, hundreds of meters long. It has no mass, so it's hard to detect. Uh, and O'Brien says, or I mean, Troy says, like a cosmic string. And O'Brien says, totally straight-faced. Uh, no, that's a completely different different phenomenon. Like a little bit draining her for authority. Uh then Rose is, just starts doing things her own way, like uh, and not playing it safe. Uh, and they say we got an odd reading from the warp drive. And I don't know if it's intentional or unintentional. If, if we're like uh, sympathizing with Troy, they use a lot of jargon, which is confusing. Royce Roe Ro says dumped the power from the phaser array into the engineering control. Uh, we get impulse power. I don't know. There was a. Oh, here we go. Conti- that weakened the containment field and the antimatter pods. Uh, here's here you go. Field strength is at forty percent and is still falling. And O'Brien says can't get to fifteen percent, which you can't solve for currently because I, I need to give you one more part of the equation. So jargon double exclamation points, but it's more math uh then it says if enemy broken by tripolymers uh and oh uh, this is uh, this is where it gets even better. They're in the uh crawl space in space, uh Jeffrey's tube. And they have this electrical field they got to get through. So Data says, what if I go in there and just shut it down with my uh, body frame made up of tripolymers? It's not conductive. And uh, uh, Riker says, but Data, that wouldn't be good for you. And Data says, well, you could just take my positronic brain with you, just uncouple it. And at first Riker's like, no. And then Data's like, it's fine. I don't really, it doesn't, uh, I don't need it. Uh, It can function fine. It just taking my cranial units. And Rager says, let me get this straight. <laughs> really? And data says, yep, this sounds great. Uh, totally self-contained. And they try it out and it works. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, he says, you yeah, take it with you. It's to- this is totally normal. Uh, yeah. Then data's down. He blinks. He says, that was a remarkable experience. Uh, for a modern Android general. Uh, he says, we need to get to the ventral, uh, or get to my ventral ax, uh, access panel. Yeah, then we have Jay Gordon opening the lift. Uh, he says, uh, with this, take a look around. You see any clamps and long big beams with big grooves? Uh, he goes, how are those clamps looking, number one? And they say those clamps are uh, trouble with the capital C and that rhymes with T and that stands for uh, like we got to get out to get to the ladder. And Picard says, you know we got a back it. you can't do it And then Marissa, the number one so she says, no, no, no no, We're doing this together, uh, Commander Picard. I mean at first it's like a little bit like the kids say no, we don't want to go. Kurt says, go without me by back, hurts. They say, no, no, we're all in this together. Uh, even Radish, the radish kid follows orders. We all go, we all stay. Uh, they say, let's try one more time. Kurt says, this is mutiny. And he says, pull out some optical cables. Then we see Jordy and Crusher moving barrels, which was, you know, captivating. And then uh, they get a wild idea to limit the oxygen. Kind of a wild idea. Let's fill space with our trash. Uh, all this trash we don't want in here, let's put it out in space so we don't have to move it. So it just made me think, don't have Jordy help you move. Because uh, you see, I think like halfway through the movie, say, what, what are we bringing all these boxes to your new house for? We could just let them fall at the back of the truck. Uh, so don't let Jordy move you. Then we see Worf's bedside manner, which is not good, not surprising. He goes, You bore that well after he checks in with one person. Uh, And he says, Perhaps you should lie down uh, to Keiko when she's not feeling great. And he goes, I believe that is normal, something. And he says, This isn't a good time for you to give birth. Uh, He he says, isn't that a good time, Keiko? And she says, yeah, like it's open for debates. Then we see a a meeting between Troy O'Brien and Roe. The table is really gleaming in the office. uh, And Roe's a realist. O'Brien's more of a loyalist and a family person. And Troy's, try, Troy's trying to believe, you know, figure out what to do. Because Roe says, let's just cut our losses and take the saucer or, what you know, start flying around in the saucer. And O'Brien says, you can't do that. And then very similar to the kids, Ro says, why? There's no reason to be optimistic. And uh, Roe kind of is a little bit uh, trying to take command. And Troy says, listen up, I'm in charge, A. Uh, and I believe, she says, there's no reason to believe. Rose says, uh, this is after Troy walks off and looks out the window. She says, there's no way. And then yeah, Troy says, there's, or Rose says, there's no reason to believe. And, uh, Troy says, I do believe actually. And she says, I, I I'm going to give it every chance I can. Uh, and, uh, She says, Chief Chief sends the power down to engineering to leave, like, the engineering computers on. So if somebody gets there, they realize uh, they're supposed to do something. And then Rose still says, well, I would like to remind you I don't believe. Uh, And uh, Troy gives the most chilling command you can. She says, proceed, Ensign, which I loved. Uh, Then we see Picard and the kid crew, they're all linked together. They can't get one of the doors open as they're on the ladder. And these kids start saying, I don't believe, I don't believe. uh, Ready, hang, hang on. Uh, Yeah, Troy says, uh, is that them? Also, they sing, they do a climbing song. And I'll talk about it briefly, but, uh, they said, what's your favorite, what song do you kid, kids sing in school? And Melissa said, or Marissa says, uh, the laughing Vulcan and his dog. And regard goes, well, I know Ferrero Jacques, uh, uh, then yeah, we're all right. A climbing song. Then Keiko's, you know, contracting Dr. Worf, uh, is like using his phone scanner the whole time trying to get info off Google. He says, I'm not sure this, I'm not certain this is going the right way. It's not like the simulations. And Keiko goes, it's not always by the book. And Worf goes, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, Then Crusher and Jordy are getting ready to pull off their drain, you know, sending everything into space, Uh, do their part. Uh, We go back to the bridge. There's tension on the bridge. (laughs) They put Roe is hot like the power coupling. I mean, she's not happy. She says, field strength down to 20%. You don't know what you're doing, Commander Troy. And she goes, you're the one responsible. This is uh, exactly what I said was going to happen. Too much wishful thinking. And boom, Troy comes right back. She goes, we'll separate the ship when I decide it's time and not before. Am I making myself clear, Ensign? And she goes, yeah, I guess so. I decided not before. And then she sits in the captain's chair, which is cool. Then we see Data's head in the house. And they get to engineer. They're in engineering, and it worked because uh, Data said the bridge is trying to tell us something. That's what the computers are on. He says, link up my ODN conduit, conduit to the input matrix uh, in my second optical port. Then Riker does something. He goes, No, 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 not that optical port, the other one. And uh, then he says, Hurry up. Uh, uh, if you pick up the pace, uh, Riker even says, you, got, you need a bigger head data. And then it works. Data gets stabilized. We go back to the bridge where O'Brien says, uh, Somebody fixed it in engineering. And Rogos, I guess I got a message I was wrong. And Troy goes, you know what? You could have been right. You could have just as easily been right. Uh, and NBD, she says, no big deal. Don't worry about it. Uh, then Picard and the kid crew, they get off of the lift. They hand, give out hand uh, uh, handshakes all around. And then R- 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 Worf says to Keiko, you may now give birth. And she goes, what? Uh, that's what I'm doing, Uh and he goes, has it not begun or something? And then he did, then he, you know, things, things coalesce. And he goes, uh, he goes, well, the last time I tried delivering a baby by, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, simulation, it was very orderly. Also, there's like, uh, someone else helping in the background, kind of like, uh, patting Keiko's brow, uh, I couldn't figure out who that was, but they pull it off. Uh, Keiko does the hard work, and Wharf does the uh, talking work. Uh, and he says, the baby looks like Chief O'Brien. And they said, nice job blowing it. You did all that work, and you say, you say that. Uh, and then we get the captain's log again, because everything's getting tied up in a bow. It's a supplemental, Picard, en route to Starbase 67 to undergo repairs, uh, life returning to normal. And then we're back on the bridge, and the kids are there, and Troy says, just wait there. And then Riker goes, you can't stay away from being in command, can you, uh, Counselor Troy? And she gives it back to him. She goes, well, maybe not captain, but probably first officer. I don't think there's many qualifications. And Riker calls Captain Picard to the bridge. We see the kids have a big, uh, uh, like, a plaque for like a like a, it uh, says uh, to Captain Picard in appreciation for the way you helped us get out of the turbo shaft, and the way you helped us uh, not you know be, be uh, scaredy poo. Uh, J. Gordon Grass, uh Patterson Supra, and Marissa Flores. And uh, Patterson, the radish kid, a.k.a. the radish kid, he says, I made the back piece. guy goes, (laughs) stick to radishes, kid. He goes, wonderful job. He goes, by the way, we're going to finish the tour starting with the BATTLE bridge, 1,400 hours. And I guess he goes, but first I'm going to take a nap because then he goes, number one, you have the bridge. And then we get the last... uh, I guess 80s, and 90s, TV, you could laugh. Uh, Marissa and Riker both say, "I, sir, at the same time. And then they go, jinx, buy me a Coke. Uh, and they say, nope, buy me a Coke, one, two, three, or whatever, however you do the jinx. Uh, and that's how the episode ends. So then let's look up what came up on this episode here. Okay, this is from Cornell University Library uh, from 2016, actually. Uh, Quantum filaments and dipolar, boys, Einstein condensates. And I believe this is a, just like a little bit of a, a submission, probably a paper uh, by F. Wachtler in El Santos. Uh, and if you want to read it, you know, I'll try to put it in the, it'll be on the website in about like a few days after this release, uh, Collapse in dipolar Boy's Einstein condensates may be arrested by quantum fluxations. Uh, due to the anisotropy of dipole dipole interactions, the dipole driven collapse induced by soft excitations is uh, compensated by the repulsive Li Huang Yang contribution resulting from quantum fluxations of hard excitations in a similar mechanism as a, that has been recently proposed for a boys-boys mixtures. The arrested collapse results in a self-bound a filament-like droplets providing an explanation to a recent dye-dysprosium experiments. Arrested instability and in droplet formation are novel general features directly linked to the nature of the dipole-dipole interactions and should hence play an important role in all future experiments with strongly dipolar gases. Uh, But let's see what Memory Alpha Wiki Wiki says about that. That's what the scientists say, or the students. uh, Quantum filament is uh, an astrophysical phenomenon, which can be very, you know, trouble, like I said, with capital Q, not having to do with Q. That rhymes with bantam. Uh, they can be hundreds of meters long, but have almost no mass, making them difficult to, to detect. Uh, and that's that's about it there. Uh, what about the modern major general song? Let's do some reading about that on Wikipedia. I am the model, the very model of a modern major general. It's a patter song from Gilbert and Sullivan's 1879 comic opera, The Pirates of Penzance. It is perhaps the most famous song in all of their operas, uh, sung by Major General Stanley at the first entrance in Act One. It's a satire of the modern, educated British army officer of the late eighteenth, uh, 19th century. And it's a difficult song to perform, even reading it, as we'll probably see in a second. Uh, It uh, is replete with historical and cultural references, which the modern major general uh, describes as impressive and well-rounded education. It's kind of debatable of who it's based on or whom. Let's just do a little reading here of it. Uh, I am the very model of a modern major general. I have information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. I know the kings of England, and I quote the fights historical. From Marathon to Waterloo, in order categorical. I'm very well acquainted, too, with matters mathematical, not me. I understand equations, both uh, simple simple and quadratical. Uh, About binomial theorem, I'm teeming with lots of news, with many cheerful facts about the square of the hypotenuse. I'm very good at integral and differential calculus. I know the scientific names of beings and immaculus. In short, in materials, veg- vegetable, animal, and mineral, I am the very model of a modern major general. I know our mythic history, King Arthur's and Sir, Sir Caradox. I answer hard acrostics, and I have a pretty taste for paradox. I could quote Ecclesiastics, all the crimes of uh, gabba somebody. In conics, I can uh, floor peculiarities parabolus. Uh, I can uh, tell undoubted Raphaels from General Dow's and Sophonies. I know the croaking chorus from the frogs of Aristophanes. I can hum a fugue of which I've heard the music's din afore, and whistle all the airs from that infernal nonsense spin I can write a washing bill in Babylonic cuneiform and tell you every detail of Cataractus's uniform. In short, in matters ma- vegetable, animal, and mineral, I am the very model of a modern major general. In fact, I know what is meant by, and I don't, on and ravelling. When I could tell at sight a Mauser rifle from a javelin, which such affairs as sorties and surprises I'm more wary at, I know precisely what is meant by commissariat. Uh, when I learnt what progress has been made in modern gunnery, when I know more of tactics than a novice in the nunnery, in short, when I've a smattering of elemental strategy, you'll say a better modern general has never sat ah, gee! For my military novel- knowledge, I'm both uh, plucky and adventury, has only been brought down to the beginning of the century. But in matters of vegetable, animal, and mineral, I am the very model of a modern major general. And I would have loved to hear Geordie sing all that. What about this word I kept mispronouncing during the episode? Uh, quar Autumn, which is a fuel source in uh, Starfleet emergency thruster packs. It generally uh, is stable, but as we know, it's 350 rads. It's a trouble and also takes uh, two uh, people to move their uh, barrels. Uh, then we have, uh, oh, what's an ensign? I didn't know what an ensign was. It's a commissioned rank, the equivalent of which was used by service organizations of many civilizations. Uh, at traditional naval grade, ensign was the most junior line officer below lieutenant grades, uh, usually immediately under a lieutenant or a lieutenant junior grade. And uh, so that was usually the first rank assi- assigned to new officers who graduated from Starfleet Academy. And here's the great news. Uh, primary duty professional growth, both as a leader and as an occupational uh, specialist, and maybe a listener of a row, uh, they are mentored by the more senior officers uh, as well as their uh, subordinate, uh, Chief Petty Officer, as a part of the development of Starfleet leaders. As they proved more capable, they were um, considered for promotion. Uh, And some larger starships, like Galaxy-class ships, uh, was not uncommon for veterans and seasoned enlisted personnel to have ensigns working for them as technicians uh, so the ensign could learn the ropes of the more technical aspects, like uh, transporters. Uh, so that's a little bit about uh, Chekhov was an ensign, Wesley Crusher, uh, Dax from Deep Space Nine, Harry Kim, Voyager, Roe, Lauren from, uh, you know, Travis Mayweather, Nag, uh, Tom Paris, uh, Hoshi, Hoshi, Sato, Demora Sulu, and uh, Sylvia Tilly. Uh, so that's just a little bit about ensign. Uh, so I guess yeah, entry level officer. Uh, this was funny. There's not really a lot about it, uh, but uh, so for Star Trek. If you need some help, get a hold of me. The laughing Vulcan and his dog. He's, ju- he's he doesn't have any. It, it's just a, a throwaway joke by uh, Ronald Moore, who loved the the way it sounded, the, the title and the image it uh, brought up. And I have to agree. That's brilliant. The laughing falcon and his dog. Uh, what about subspace? I never know what they mean when they say subspace. So I looked it up on Wikipedia. There's a lot there. In mathematics, it could refer to a space inheriting all uh, space inheriting all characteristics characteristics of parent space, a subset of topological space endowed with subspace type topology. In linear subspaces and linear algebra, a subset of vector space that is closed under addition and scalar multiplication. It could be a Euclidean subspace. Uh, in science fiction, a uh, hyperspace or fictional universe, uh, or in Star Trek, a fictional feature of space-time that facilitates faster than light communication and transits. So a little bit about subspace. What about, you know, let's find out about uh, cosmic strings while we're at it, huh? Uh, They are, according to Wikipedia, hypothetical one-dimensional topological defects which may have been formed during a symmetry breaking phase transition. In the early universe, when the topology of the vacuum manifold associated to the symmetry, symmetry was breaking... Symmetry breaking was not simply connected. It is expected uh, one string per Hubble volume is formed. Their existence was first contemplated by uh, Tom Kibble in the 70s. Uh, The formation of cosmic strings is somewhat analogous to imperfections that form between crystal grains and solidifying liquids, or the cracks when water freezes into ice. Okay, I wanted to look up the ventral because Data used that word. And I said, what does ventral mean? And according to the Wiki, Nictionary, Wiki, Wiki Nictionary, uh it's uh, related to the abdomen or stomach. In this case, it's on Data's head. On the front side of the human body, uh, or, or usually the lower surface, so maybe below his ear was what he meant, ventral, antonym dorsal. Uh, another couple of sets of song lyrics here, just because uh, it looked how, uh, how uh, Council Troy said, I believe. Uh, so this is from the REM song, I believe. I know there's other I believe songs. Uh, when I was young and full of grace, I spirited a maraca friend. When I was young and fever fell, my spirit I will not tell. You're on your honor not to tell. I believe in puppies and time as an abstract to explain the change the difference between what you want and what you need. There's a key there's the key, your adventure for today what you do between the horns of the day. I believe my shirt is wearing thin and change is what I believe in. When I was young and give and take and foolish said my fool awake When I was young and fever fell, my spirit I will not tell. You're on your honor, on your honor. Trust in your calling. Make sure your calling's true. Think of others. See others. Think of you. Silly rule, golden words make practice. Practice makes perfect. Perfect is a fault. The fault lines change. I believe my humor's wearing thin. And change is what I believe in. I believe my shirt's wearing thin. And change is what I believe in. When I was young and full of grace and spirited a maraca, when I was young and fever fell, my spirit I will not tell. Your are on your honor. On your honor. I believe in example. I believe my throat hurts. Example is the checker to the key. I believe my humor is wearing thin and the poles, I believe the poles are shifting. I believe my shirt is wearing thin and change is what I believe in. So that's uh, I believe. And then I uh, will cap it off here with uh, Frere Jacques, uh, which uh, is a nursery rhyme and song uh, known in English as Brother John. And in many other uh, languages, traditionally sung in a round it's about a friar who has overslept and has urged to wake up and sound the bell uh, for early morning or midnight prayers, uh, which is, you know, so the other monks wake up. Uh, let's see. The theories of origin, maybe 17th century. It may have not even always been a positive song. Uh, so it, there's a lot there, but let's read the uh, lyrics uh uh, Frère Jacques, Frère Jacques, dormez-vous, uh, dormez-vous. Uh, sonas la Matinas uh, Sonnais la matinée, uh, ding, dang, dong, uh, ding, dang, dong. And uh, here's a couple of translations in English. Brother Jacques, uh, Brother Jacques, are you sleeping, are you sleeping? Uh, Ring the bells for Martins. Ring the bells for Martins. Ding-dang-dong. Ding-dang-dong. Or, are you sleeping? Are you sleeping, Brother John? Brother John. Morning bells are ringing. Actually, Brother John, they should be ringing, but they're not because of you. Morning bells are ringing. Uh, Ding-dang-dong. A ding-dang-dong. Yeah, so that's a little bit of about uh this episode uh, with Councilor Troy in charge. Uh, good night, everybody. Uh, I want to thank all our new patrons, Colleen, Jack, and Alina. Thanks, thanks, and good night. Leonardo, Haley, and Allison, thank you, thanks, and good night. Marty, Patrick, and Thomas, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Beth, Klari, uh, and Matthew, thank you, thanks and good night. Callie, Soul and Sign, thank you, thanks and good night. Uh, Tracy, uh, Allison and Sean, thanks, thanks and good night. Uh, Jackie, Terry and Rachel, thanks, thanks and good night. Emily, Kathy and Justin, thank you, thanks and good night. Heather, Owen and Andy, thank you, thanks and good night. Uh, Katie with an I, E. Katie with a Y, and David. Thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Christine, Lorraine, and Robert. Thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Catherine, Linda, and uh, Jamaica. Thanks, thanks, and good night. Laura H, uh, Laura C, and Hannah. Thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Hannah, Ellen, and Aster. Thank you, thanks, and good night. Samantha, Angela, and Kelly, thanks, thanks, and good night. Madison, Mel, and Tory, thank you, thanks, and good night. Haljir, uh, Martin, and LG, thank you, thanks, thanks. And good night. Alicia, Latitude, and Val, thank you, thanks, and good night. Colleen, Megan, and Liz, thank you, thanks, and good night. Anyang, Mark, and Craig, thank you, thanks, and good night. Holly, Linda, and Emily, thank you, thanks and night. Will Daniel and Rosanna, thank you, thanks and goodnight. Dahlia, Christine and Shell, thanks, thanks and good night. Dawn Marie, uh, thank you, thanks and goodnight. Thanks everybody for supporting the show on Patreon, thanks and goodnight. Uh don't forget uh, if you want to become a patron, sleepwithme dot com slash patron, P-A-T-R-O-N. And uh, thanks to everyone at Night Vale Presents. Uh, Sleep with me as a proud member at Night Vale Presents. And also thanks to everyone at PRX. uh, Wonderful uh, behind-the-scenes support as well. Good night.